how rich were you to have one? That was my point. Oh. Like, well, yeah. They were out when I was in high school, too, but nobody had one. His mother is a partner at a legal firm. Okay, coming back <laughs> on task. Mr. Ish, <laughs> yeah. have you ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender? Of course. Avatar? What kind of question is that? Okay. <laughs> and that is the appropriate response? No, but uh, I think... I think, I, like, overall, like, all the way through, I've seen yeah. it probably twice, um, and then I've seen, okay. you know, I've watched assorted episodes. But how many times have you watched Call of the Midwife in the last 365 <laughs> Okay, dear listeners, let's be clear. We're not talking about Avatar The Last Airbender um, or uh, uh, Downton Abbey. Or I mean, they might get brought up. But this episode is going to be dedicated to... I, I say books, but we're going to say books, video games, movies, oh. shows that we love to rewatch, reread, replay oh. over and over and over again. Because there are some books out there, some movies out there. I mean, throwing it out there, Big Lebowski, I keep a count on my iPhone, a little note. I'm into the 400 range of having watched that film. To answer Anthony's wow. question. And that's since I started counting. I only, Did you think about yeah. it? No. Oh my god. So she didn't have to I about only that. started watching called Midwife literally within the last twelve months. I have not watched the show for even a full year yet. What? What? And I have watched all of the available episodes on Netflix three times. Oh okay. Oh, that's much less than I thought. It's ten seasons long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I just <laughs> okay. They're all hour long episodes, and the Christmas specials are an hour and a half. True, yeah, and you've been. You know, well. a little waver in your voice. I'm waiting for you to. No, you get a good yell. Um, I'm not awake yet. Let me finish my yeah. illicit coffee. While she's finishing finishing her illicit coffee, and by the way, I'm fantasizing about ransacking your desk later and just sitting there when you walk in. Hey, who messed up my desk? This is the last one. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, well done. Let, let's start with our little usual. What are we all reading today? And I'm going to go first, okay. just to Uh-oh. get the pattern started. Please I do. just finished last last night, 400 Souls by Ibram X. Kendi, and oh yeah, that um, I'll have yes. to pull out her name. I'll, I'll get it later, because I don't want to spend 50 seconds looking for it now. Yeah, yeah. But, wow. Like, really? It was a lot to take in, because it was like, a col- <laughs> like an intense collection of essays. But yeah. um, also, from an audiobook perspective, Every essay had a different narrator, and there were little... Yeah, I've heard good things. Interesting. It was... I mean, I, I, I quite a few of them I recognized. You know who I did not recognize? But, ooh, was Bonnie Turpin. <laughs> I, <didn't laughs> I didn't pick it. Great. Um, David Diggs definitely narrates. Uh, like Dion uh, Graham definitely narrates. And a few Felicia others. Rashad was in it. Oh, Felicia yeah. Rashad, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, you know, if you so, can afford yeah. it. <laughs> I just finished that right. last yeah. night, yeah. and I'm now re- reading, finishing, because I started it like a week ago, but I paused it for a minute. Blood and Elves by, I cannot pronounce, it's oh, crazy. Oh, Andrzej, um, and Sid- there's a name there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Without reading it, I'm like, what is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The first, well, first full novel in the Witcher series, so. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. that is the, yeah, that's the Witcher guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Grant, what are you reading? Well, I'm reading The Broken Kingdoms, the sequel to The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemison. I haven't read that one yet, so I guess. Thank you for the slow cast. Yeah. No, it's great. You're reading um, N.K. Jemison. This is good. Yeah. So uh, uh, the crux, I mean, the, the thing that kind of set this book's plot in motion was a murder mystery type thing where oh. somebody killed a godling, which isn't supposed to be possible. Um, that, oh. that kind of sets events in motion. Um, it takes place like ten years after the first one. Okay, not CA, so, please, please not. What? Not 
C A. C A. Yeah. Thank you. Is it C A? It's C A. Okay. C A. C A. Audio book. It's not C A. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Good. That'd be horrible. Yeah. That would be. I think C A is the protagonist of the third novel, actually. Okay. So it'd be very hard to kill them in the second one. Well, they're not technically like sequels in that proper form. They just all take place in the same world. Universe. But it would still be very hard to kill them in the second one. I mean, unless you went back. And told, I mean, I, he's a godling. <laughs> There's a lot to choose from. I don't know. Oh, so it's no, going no, well. No, yeah, yeah. It, it takes place in the same huge city, but obviously a lot has changed if you... Oh, right. Well, yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, I mean, if you like the first one, I think you'll like this one. So. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Jen! Okay. I am conveniently on topic for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Rereading the Throne of Glass books. I'm on Era of Fire right now, Ooh. which is the third one. Excuse Ooh. me. Yes? And I realize the second one is a little bit slimmer than they get. When did you start this? Mm, this beginning morning. of the week. Oh. Okay, that's that's better. The, the was, whole series. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's better. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like over the weekend. Because Era Fire is when they start getting... Yes, I'm on Era Fire right now. That's yeah. obviously going to take me a minute. But I did also just recently finish. I had to take a break because E.K. Johnston's new book, Etherbound, came out this Tuesday. And I ripped through that sucker in like a day. It was so good. I love it so much. Why is she not more popular? Everyone go read one of her books. Erin, what are you reading? I mean, <laughs> also, though, you're reading Throne of Glass, so maybe you're contributing. No, I'm just kidding. That got thrown at me so fast. Um, so I haven't started reading it yet. It's actually in my backpack because I just grabbed it yesterday off of the reserve shelf for mm-hmm. myself. Um, I grabbed The Black Tongue Thief by Christopher Buhlman. Buhlman, sure. oh Buhlman. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's new, it's brand new. Um, I was sold on the fact that it was set in a goblin war. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, a goblin war. <clears throat> like new. goblin war going yeah. on. Um, there's yeah. this guy who owes uh, his like thieves guild some like money. And so he tries he tr- he tries to get the money back and then he ends up, you know, picking a knight for his uh mark and it turns out that that's the wrong person and now they're going on this adventure together to go find her queen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything else besides that except, you know, that there's a uh, human flesh-eating goblins. Well, yeah. And yeah. I'm excited because that sounds just right up my alley. <laughs> However, on the side note, I am continuing my playthrough of Dragon Quest XI because why not? Because you are who you are. Yeah. Go for it, Anthony. Uh, oh, gosh. I am currently rereading because I haven't done it in a long time, which is terrible because I used to go at max at like six to eight months without rereading this book. So, um, it's called What They Always Tell Us by Martin Wilson. It's really good. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. Basically, two brothers, one is a senior in high school, one is a junior in high school, um, and both have varying perspectives on a year in the life. Um, But they're basically figuring out that each of them is extremely unhappy with the lives that their parents expect for them to lead. So they have to figure out how to not do that without dying first. <laughs> yeah, and not drink pine salt. Like yes, you told that, yes. Them so the so the the they're both disaffected. One is gay, one is straight, one is popular, one is not. The not popular gay brother 
swallows Pinesol at a party before his junior year, which makes everyone, that sort of sets everything in motion, kind of, but not really. Um, but it forces his brother to kind of realize like, oh, well maybe I'm unhappy too. Like maybe not that unhappy, but I'm not happy either. So what are we gonna do about it? It's, it's a really, really well-written, beautifully constructed book that I recommend. I'm not even going to show you, like, like, try to explain all the connecting pieces and dots in my thought process, but when you started talking about the book, my mind went to, like, a thousand and one different things, <laughs> and I'm now wondering, is there fanfic, glee fanfic yes. concerning Kurt? Yes. Wait, wait, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, repeat that? <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there glee fanfic concerning literally the character that the show is about? Like, Do you know about any like, glee fanfictions <laughs> I personally have written about Kurt Glee? <laughs> Like even prior to claim, like oh, there was man. A I've read ton, so many. But like Blaine shows up and everyone was like, new material. <laughs> I feel like you knew the answer to that question. Like, okay, and then I just wanted to be like, confirmed. and then there's all the crap. I personally, on my AO3 page alone, have written 260 Glee fan fiction. Oh my goodness, are you serious? You have an entire like. Newsies. I've only written five pieces. Wait, a few <laughs> volumes of anthology. Two hundred and sixty. I did this for years of my life. Yeah, apparently. Oh my, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I've never written that much short fiction. When, when That's you, pretty when, good. When you when you get into the fan fiction world, you just end up like churning them out. It's like butter. When you become a medium popular Glee fan fiction author on the internet, this becomes your life. No, that we're that's, sitting that's, in that's the pretty, midst of celebrity. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. Actually. Yeah, I mean it I makes sense. That. I actually had like seven comments waiting in my email from Ao3 this morning. It was beautiful. It made me so happy. Yeah, I have. I, you usually just get people going. Please write more. Please you know write more. Maybe we should all take a swing at writing Kurt fanfic. Absolutely not. But I will rewatch Glee. <laughs> Because I need to do that. I need to finish that in a while. I, I think that leads to okay it. to rein us back into some semblance of a topic. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you want to rewatch something, reread it, replay it, whatever you know, re-experience it? I was going to bring up school. Oh. And then <laughs> um. Do I have to go first? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was, an, that was an open question. Let me take this away a little bit because I kind of broke it into a couple of categories, and I was explaining this to you, I think, yesterday. Possibly. Um, there are. In my own mind, there are things that we reread because we want to gain a greater insight from it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this, yeah. Like, uh, you want to just... It, it doesn't necessarily have to be academic. It might not be for an assignment, but maybe the topics is relevant and you want to reread something you read like 10 years ago or a year ago or whatever. So there's the insight, the intellectual reason for rereading something. Then there's the comfort food mm -hmm. kind of mentality. Nostalgic. Mentality. Right? You just want to feel good. Mm -hmm. Again, and then there's a combination of both. Um, I mean, a good example for me would be, I, I made a reference to Big Lebowski, I think, today. Yes. yes. At least, yeah. Um, that's a comfort thing. Yeah. Um, I I, I rewatch that a lot. It's just, I'm familiar. I could probably quote it. If somebody, like, put a gun in my head and said, re-say every line in this movie perfectly, and I'd be like, Big Lebowski, I got this. I'm, I'm surviving this one. <laughs> um, yeah. And then if you were to pick, like, a... What's a book that I read for strictly intellectual reasons that I periodically reread? Or do you? <laughs> I mean, well, it's not my life. Um, I'm trying to think of one. I'll come back to it. But one that I frequently 
Actually, you know, I, I do tend to read like some Louise Erdrich for a kind of a deeper insight. Because sure. um, yeah, I well, yeah, like re picking something out of it, I've, like intellectual level, like to me, it just screams more like what nonfiction do I reread for the purpose of yeah. learning? And it's none of it. It should probably be my library school textbooks, but it's none of it. Right. <laughs> and then, but bridging the gap between the two me categories, too. intellectual and enjoyment, Fahrenheit four five one. Interesting. Sometimes I read it just to feel a little bit happier about life. Sometimes I read it because I want to reread it and see. What might I think differently about this time? What might I... I mean, I... Since 2016, November 8th, I've read it several times. <laughs> sure. well, I, well, I mean, every single sure. time you read it, you're in a different headspace, a different yeah. mind space. You're older. You're... Your yeah, views I think that's might thing, be like, slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even necessarily go into my rereads like conscious of like I wonder what I'm going to get differently out of this this time. Yeah. But like I do when I'm reading it. Sometimes I stop myself like, huh, I never noticed that before. Or like this hits different after this experience mm-hmm. in my life that's happened between the last time I read it and now. Or yeah, you know it's really interesting because I, as we all probably know or have heard me say, I reread a Narnia book every year and have done so since I was eleven. Um, which is a really intense experience, I have to tell you. Like Charles Dickens' um, Christmas Carol every year. Really? Literally. Yeah. Every, like every holiday season, I pick it up. It's not a large book. It's quick. Right, yeah. And actually, yeah. go figure, this was the first, this past holiday season was the first time I listened to it. Oh, yeah, see, exactly. Like, so I, this year, I'm listening to all of the Narnia books because I reread all seven, like, a couple of years ago. Um, and this time, like earlier this year, I was listening to Prince Caspian, and it never dawned on me, because there were just certain things I did not know, but as Aslan is sort of explaining, like, where these people come from, the Telmarines, you suddenly realize, wait a minute, this is a whole bunch of, like, this is going to sound really terrible. Mm. Basically, the Telmarines are biracial, because they're what happens when Europeans, not just Europeans, Spanish end up on an island that is indigenous, wreck the island in the way that, you know, Europeans from all across Europe were known to do during Magellan's time period, because Magellan is actually mentioned. So, like, you get a specific time period, you could probably pinpoint the island. It's an island in the South Pacific, like, you're told that, and you're like, okay, so these indigenous people were, you know, plundered, raped, pillaged, all of that, and then they pass into this world where an entire brand new race is born and they take over Narnia because, hey, guess what? That's what they know how to do. And you think about that, and you're like, so wait a minute, Prince Caspian's, like, this biracial Spaniard kid descended from a, wait, yes. time out. Like, it's it's so fascinating to finally realize, like, this is a, like, what we would call a boy of color these days, but because it was written at a time when that kind of conflagration was not even a thought process for people. Like, of color meant black people, maybe, and definitely not in the UK. Like, it's just one of those things where you kind of, it reshapes the book for you, and you're like, oh, huh, okay. I don't know if that was important, but. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree yeah. with just, I haven't done an Arnia reread recently enough to, like, expo- like explore it myself either, but I just, like, <laughs> Sometimes there's, like, weirdly phrased things about the Telmarines where I'm like, how does this play into your theology, C.S. Lewis? Yeah, and it also complicates, like, certain things, like, and this is why I like rereading things, because sometimes you'll you'll have read something a million times, and then one essayist comes along and says something, and you're like... Nah, like you're arguing. Because you're me. Then you read it. You're yeah. arguing you with them, and you're like, uh-uh, 
Philip Pullman. I don't think so. And then you read them again and you're like, well, he's not as sexist as Philip Pullman thinks he is, but he's not not sexist either. The number of times the girls are told you can't do that because women don't fight. And you're like, like, it's just like, hand her a sword, watch her. But it's fine, you know, they're still, I love them, I still love them. Um, Which could you say that like you reread it that particular time for the insight factor or just to? No, I was just rereading them because that's what I do and just listening to it is the new experience. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna listen to them, but listening to it, I don't know if listening to to them brought this out, but because I know so much more about the history of European conquering of the world, it occurred to me when he starts mentioning Magellan, South Island, South Pacific Island, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. and they start Googling, and I'm like, yes, it was, like 16th century, holy cow, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I just want to throw it out there, listening to the Blood and Elves, um, I don't know the or the narrator's name right now, mm. and I don't know if I want to learn it. If I do want to memorize it, it's because I really don't like him and I want to avoid him. <laughs> um, he's not the worst narrator I've ever come across, but he's not great. Yeah, just mm-hmm. it's. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you like to reread, rewatch, replay? Uh, well, on the book front, uh, I think I mentioned it in like. The second episode, and I remember because everything I ever say haunts me forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's not because you listen to it right Right. Literally, because it haunts you. I would remember it regardless. I just want to give him a hug, and I could. He's literally, he's literally our archivist. So, um, but I I specifically mentioned Watchmen as something that I read that I've reread multiple times. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think for that specifically because of just how rich it is with details. Yeah. Um, not just in the text, but the illustrations and everything. Mm-hmm. There's so many little things you'll, you're guaranteed to miss some stuff, mm-hmm. no matter how many times you read through it. You're mm-hmm. gonna notice some little, little reference or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that's something that kind of draws me to either rereading or rewatching if there's so much <laughs> that you kind of have yeah. to go back um, to absorb all of it. Um, uh, Film-wise, uh, I definitely agree with Andy. Uh, the Coen brothers are definitely very rewatchable. Mm. Um, like, for me, it's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I've seen yeah. in the hundreds of times. Oh, um, interesting. Fargo, which is in my top three movies ever. I've yeah. seen that hundreds of times. Um, I don't know if it's just the writing style or or what. but um, You know, it's kind of weird. In a lot of the Coen movies, I, I watch them one time, I'm like... It was okay. Mm. It was okay. But then I find myself the next week quoting said film. (laughs) And like, I gotta watch this again. Um, And that's perfectly describes how I fell in love with Big Lebowski specifically. That was the first movie of theirs that I really, really, truly loved. And then I had to retroactively go back and pick up a few here and there. And, Mm. but yeah. Yeah. And um, even if I don't like very often go back and read books all the way through again, um, I'll kind of just read small excerpts and stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. like uh, just to kind of get that tingly feeling that I got the first time. Yeah, like yeah. I'll go, I'll go back and reread just certain selections from like Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, that's, I've heard that's really good. That's an incredible book. Is it? it, took, it, it I failed the first time I tried to read it. I <laughs> it's, yeah. it's dense, dense. I, just the way he writes, it's densely written. But yeah, um, some hmm. some of the just like individual, you know, sections of that book are. Incredible, yeah. and I just like to 
re-experience it. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have to be careful with that. With like favorite, like if I if I pick up Beloved, I have to have time. Like I can't. If I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not opening because if I open that book, I'm just gonna flip all the way back to the beginning and just read all the way through. Which is really funny because so t- <laughs> Toni Morrison said, like she was doing this documentary, and she said, you know, I never read my books. Um, and then she's like, Cause, you know, it's an experience. She's like, but you know, I was signing, and this guy brought up a copy of Beloved, and I just flipped it open to the first page, and I start reading, and I keep reading, and then I flipped the page, and I looked up to him, and I said something that I, I usually think, but I never actually say, which was, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is the cool, like, because a lot of authors don't read their books unless they're, like, I think, I I forget which author said this, but they're like, are you paying me? Sure, I'll read something if you're going to pay me, but, like, it's, like, a a painful or intense experience to, like, reread your own work. Um, I guess. I don't know. I don't have that problem. There's, like, a small (laughs) internal cringe factor when you reread your own stuff sometimes. Oh, I don't have that problem. Yeah, for me, it's always, like, I... Pleasantly surprised, but sometimes it's like, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, I should, like, I could replace like, that. Or, like, why did I write this at 16 this yeah. way? Like, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or where did that come from? <laughs> it's usually where my, I go. But, yeah. It's like, do you watch your own performances? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my no. goodness. That is such a, I was just thinking about this. So I was watching, I have all of these, um... I have all these movies that I just love, and they're like on my they're my rewatch pile, because they have three things in common: they're gay. <laughs> you? They're, they're, yeah. Like, no. Like, like yeah. happy and fun. <laughs> no, no, like homosexual. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, they are uh, independent films for the most part. I mean, Moonlight is independently made by an independent studio, but it got yeah, higher clout. But anyway, and they're um, and I haven't really. Rewatch Moonlight yet, but that's not the point. So they're gay, they're independently made, and I love them. So like I was watching, I was watching a new <laughs> one, a new one the other day from Chile. Um, beautiful. But I was thinking about, I was like, you know, because certain scenes crop up in these books. There's like, there's always a, or books, movies. There's always an obligatory sex scene, and the fun part is watching how the like creator manages an obligatory. Like you're like. Okay, you're watching along, and you're watching along, and sometimes it just happens, and you're like, "What? Why, why here? This is the wrong beat. Why are they? Just, I mean, they've been in rooms with each other the whole movie, and now they just sure." And then other moments, you're like, "Oh, this is especially the AIDS movies. AIDS movies have a weird like timeline with sex scenes, obligatory sex scenes." Anyway, the point is, I was watching this the other day, and I thought, you know, this would be really awkward if you're at a film festival and you've not seen these shots before, like you're the actor in the shot and you're sitting there watching this movie for the first time, it's already gotta be awkward, wouldn't you think? Just like seeing your face and like just thinking through like, oh, I should have done that better or whatever. Yeah. And then these, like, these scenes pop up and you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people watching you on screen, like you're just like, mm. And like, did you bring your mom as your guest? Right, like, yeah, like, I mean, I and hope you wouldn't. Cause you, I mean, you filmed this, the movie, so you know what's probably in it. I would imagine you, <laughs> That's the premiere you don't take your mother. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, I, the few times I've watched myself over again, I'm like, mm, nope, not doing that again. When Aaron and I were in the sock shorts last year in Jonesville, um, it, 
obnoxious airplane or airplane uh, passenger and I'm sitting next to her and there were some things in the script that you know probably wouldn't happen under most normal circumstances but we're in a relationship so I could go a little bit more like push, <laughs> push things a little bit you know more because you know we're dating but then I, I didn't really think about it until her, I knew that her parents were in the audience for one performance I'm like like hmm Let's see how this let's, let's see how this goes. And her dad, of course, did say something like a, a week later, and just kind of a little smirk on his like, like yeah, yeah. I, I, go big cool. or go home, right? We're still we're we're still cool. The audience loved it. Um, well, yeah. That's listen. My grandma thought it was hilarious when my friends and I wrote the Princess Parody musical in college. That uh, <laughs> Flynn Rider and I snuck off stage, and you knew exactly what we were "quote unquote" doing off stage. <laughs> and I came back on stage, and my dress is tucked into my underwear. And my grandma thought that was hilarious. So, well, you've told us some stories about your family, and I want to meet them. I'm not judging them, but it's so. Speaking of like rewatching things, so I was I, I did want I wanted to bring this up specifically when I yeah. watched this the other night by accident. So I was going to go on to H. B.O. Max and rewatch a show that I just love called Looking. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. More gay drama in San Francisco. Um, you have a very specific type. I have a very specific type. It's true. Um, it's a beautiful. It's also just a beautifully written show. Very interesting. Wonderful. Um, it only lasted two seasons, which is really sad. But whatever. So. What was uh, it? Did you, did you say Sensei? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They literally. They literally. Yeah. Speaking of rewatching, yeah, I need to do that. Too. I yeah, same. They need. They literally Fireful. did the same thing. But like, so I was gonna rewatch that. But as soon as the HBO Max thing pops up, the Friends reunion, which I knew that they were doing, but I didn't know that they had like taped it. Yeah. Let alone was releasing it. It just was there, and I'm like. Ah, I can't walk away from this. I can't walk away. So, of course, I press play and yeah. watch this hour and 43 minute. First of all, beautifully done. I mean, just the best way to make people who love that show want to go back and rewatch it anyway, even if you haven't. But Friends is one of those experiences that if you love the show, there's no not rewatching it. Like, you can't, like, not yeah. want to go back and revisit moments. Even some of the moments that, like, as you get older, you're like, oh my goodness, this episode is so stupid. Was it always this stupid? There are moments, even within that episode, that you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Ross I said really that. need to give it an honest <laughs> shake sometime. Just because I've watched here and there, like I joke, say, I've watched a collective five minutes of that show <laughs> in my life. But there have been a few moments where it's kind of funny. And I don't know. It just, like, what will I have watched? I'm like, it's funny, but it, it's like, eh. Whereas, I mean, I know I'm gonna rewatch it. The Good Place. Yeah, I just started that. And it's, oh, I need to start that soon. It destroyed my soul near the end. Like, I, I mean, I was feeling kind of down anyway at that moment when I was watching those last few episodes. Oh, no. Oops. And then, like, walking out of it, like I, I couldn't sleep well that night. Going up, like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like, oh my god, oh. just it was awful. It, it was beautiful, but I know I'm gonna rewatch yes. it. But like. On the, when I finally sat down with that first episode, I'm like, yeah, this is this has me. This yeah. has me. No, and that's something, especially like Good Place Wise, and then I'm thinking Throne of Glass since I'm rereading it right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I love going back and rewatching something where there is like a plot reveal midway through a series. I'm thinking the end of season one of The Good Place. I'm thinking the end of book two of Throne of Glass, where you go back to the first one and you're like, oh, wait. 
this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. Those all lead up and imply. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like yes, everything, exactly. you know, everything I missed the first time. And it, it doesn't yeah. like. Okay, this is going to turn into part of my rant about spoiler culture. It doesn't ruin it for me. Like, yes, I don't know if I would have wanted to have been told from moment one, like, hey, this is what's going to happen at the end of season one, at the end of book two, whatever. Yeah. But like it wouldn't necessarily ruin my enjoyment of it either because I'd still be able to be like, wait a minute, is this leading up to and is that leading up to and like, oh, I see how all the pieces fit together. Like, yes, it's nice to have that surprise the first time, but if your story is truly ruined by somebody dropping that, you've written a terrible story. I Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I think there are entire genres like the crime genre, for example, that has modes of, and maybe it's not that way anymore, but it has modes of like, literally the whodunit is like, trying to figure out like who did it and there are certain like Agatha Christie novels especially you do, like you do not want to know who did it because it ruins the it, literal entire book like or and the experience of none. the book and then there yeah were I mean none. the murder the murder of Roger Ackroyd I am not going to tell you who did it because no, yeah. who's read the murder of Roger Ackroyd but I remember reading that at 12 and I was frustrated halfway through the book um like, why? Why can't I know who it is? And I flipped to the back because I was like, I can't take it anymore because I was a terrible reader of mysteries as a child. Um, I still am. But I flipped to the back to see who did it. And when and the revelation made it, why read the rest of the book? Like, I was like, okay, this is not going to get any more interesting. The intensity was the point of it. Okay, no. It, it, and it's, a, it's like, it was one of her, like, it's still one of her career best, like, endings. People are like, that's the one that did me in. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is just so. me too. Like, yeah. Again, like I don't want to be spoiled for everything before I go into it. Yeah. But like when I'm reading a mystery or like something, I'm not trying to solve it. I'm here for the ride. I'm where the character that's, is. Yeah, We're going that. together. Yeah. I'll be surprised with them. It's great. Like I'm yeah. not. That's me yeah. with games. I feel, you want, like, I feel the whole that's so hard experience. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I'm just I'm in this because I want to be in the universe. And like sure, if I yeah. think about it, like maybe I'll try to put a piece or two together. But I'm not like sitting there with a murder board behind me trying to plot out the pieces <laughs> myself. Yeah. Usually, I usually yes. don't. Like the only time that I've ever been like, if you spoil this for me, I will literally commit a red wedding. Um, <laughs> oh, it was no. was Game of Thrones. Like I remember, I the red wedding was almost spoiled for me because everyone everyone <gasps> was literally just like, it's so brutal. It's the most brutal moment we've ever seen on the show. Oh and I was God, like, I was like, okay, first of all, can we not? Because to me, I'm still reeling over the fact that like at the end of episode one, they pushed a kid out of a tower. Like I'm trying to still get back from that, and you're and, and Ned Stark, Ned Stark, Ned Stark. You're telling me that it gets worse? No. So even like, if it's, I, yeah, even if it's yeah, not a like, direct spoiler, just the true. fact that you're on the lookout, you're like, yeah. part of part of the scene, part of the beauty of certain scenes in, in, in any given medium is when you're sucker punched unawares. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I would it would have been so much more impactful. However, I watched that season six scared out of my mind the first time because I was like, oh my god, who's gonna die? It's gonna be a wedding. Who's gonna die? And it, of course, should have occurred to me as soon as Rob Stark looked at a woman and was like, you're beautiful, become my queen. I should have been like, oh, that. And I fell hard for Rob Stark that season. And then, yeah, show up to Rob Stark's wedding, spoiler alert. And suddenly I was like, like literally they walk into the room 
Catelyn like says something slightly inflammatory, and I was like, "No, don't do it, no!" And like I was, I knew it. I was like, "They're all gonna die." All right, it's this is the end. I, I was, you know, I, I think I was prepared for it just because of the book. So when I saw the social media reaction, like people weren't spoiling it yet. No, right? But, like people were like, "Oh, that episode, that episode," and like there was like a few descriptors, and I'm like. It's you knew the wedding scene. Yeah. yeah, it's the wedding scene, and then I, you know, I, that's when I finally said, you know, what? I'm gonna get into the show now. Yeah. So I went yes. through, went through, yeah. went through, yeah. got to that one episode. I'm like, like I, I'm still tense. I know it's happening, but I'm still tense. But your brain's just going, oh it, no. It, I'm like, oh god, this is awful. It's not as bad. It's not. Like, oh god, not her. Why <laughs> that? Why yeah. did you just show it? Literally, yeah. You see that yeah. with like, especially in games too, with like betrayals. Like you're like sitting there and you're going. I know you're about to betray me, but I still love your character because you're just like waiting. Some for characters it. are so lovably good, like yes. so lovably bad. I mean, yes. Game of Thrones is a good example. How many times have we, if you rewatch a show or you reread the books, you're looking forward to him dying? But like in the show, I like the actor who played Joffrey. I was like, I feel so bad, Joffrey. I feel exactly. You know what? On a, uh, no. No, absolutely not. Like I, I, I like usually it. Jo- the actor's no. fantastic. The character's terrible. Yeah, but the, the thing is, I feel bad for that specific actor, like, like in real life outside of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Like Joffrey and Ramsay. First of all, I should have never thought this about the show while watching it. Like, oh, it can't get worse than Joffrey. <laughs> And then you see and Elon Rayon come in, and you're yeah. like, Hello? And then Ramsey walks onto screen, and I think I literally turned to my friend, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And he was like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do I mean? And literally, he was on for, like, maybe a minute, and he did something. And I was like, oh. Was <laughs> it, uh... you know, it wasn't that, but it was because he hadn't gotten there yet. But no, he, like, did, did something. Oh, no, did he, like, just enter? He, does something he like, just intense. enters, and I'm like, oh, he's fine. It was on the wrong side, but that's fine. Maybe I'm on the wrong side today. And then he did something within a minute. And I was like, never mind. Never mind. We're going back to Jon Snow. It's fine. Which is it's, really funny because his actors, like, one of those really nice people, like Joffrey, too. Yeah, you know, the actor's like, really funny. And yeah. it's really hilarious just to see, like, the juxtaposition of, like, the real person versus their character. And you're yeah. like... Yeah. Thinking about like uh, the the actor Kit Harrington and what is he Rob's is actor's so name? Richard, 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 thank you. Matt, yeah. Thinking oh. about them a little bit, can we talk about what's going to require a grand epic rewatching very soon? Is the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, I'm still kind of riding high. Oh, in the I mean, I rewatch those all the time anyway. <laughs> well, I've, it's been a while since I've started, you know, start to finish, but I like to rewatch those as well. But with the Eternals. I have avoided all trailers because I there myself is one trailer. Okay, yeah. I've avoided the trailer because I want to go in blind for this one. No, that's that's um, I like that. I respect that. Yeah. Um, but because, of course, yeah. some of us are fiends. No, I mean I am. Yeah. So at some point, I'm going to go watch a movie that has nothing to do with MCU, and they're going to flash a trailer at me at me, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. But I want I want to walk in and see what their next direction Phase is. four? Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, yeah. that we just need new direction, and I'm just hoping that That'll they deliver. That'll be new. From what I the trailer, I don't know if it, even if that gives me any sense of what's actually coming. Their trailers never do, and that's, I have a huge complaint about trailers that has nothing to do with rereading or rewatching. but trailers are trash these days. Like, they're not, it's just a bunch of images. There's no narrative structure. There's no. There's nothing that says you should watch this movie except 
if you were already going to watch it, it looks as good as you think it's going to be. And it's like, well, that's great. You're, Di- you're Disney you- Corporation. It's supposed to look good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to tell me it looks good. There is a balancing like, act, like, b- between showing too much, giving yeah. away the whole plot, and, you know. Yeah. But- right, yeah. And I feel like we've lost that. Like, I remember the last, I think, great trailer that I ever watched was for The Two Towers. It has great music. It has, like, it gives you the arc. It gives you a nice, like... You get those nice voiceovers. Because even the Return of the King one was just kind of like, really? I don't remember the trailers. Are we talking trailers or are we talking teaser trailers? Teasers I get. I, I understand teasers are supposed to be shorter. Um, I think one of the more interesting teaser trailers, this is a way sidebar, but these are movies that I all rewatch. So um, the teaser trailer that I think I most enjoyed was the Dark Knight teaser trailer. Because it's just, it's so in- interesting and inventive. You get this like with the bat symbol, the bat symbol, and like light play with the bat symbol. Yeah, but all that these was really voices, neat. and, and the you laugh, and the, la- that, the yeah, laugh. Yeah, you get the laugh, wow. and that's you realize. Oh, they they did this whole like minute long trailer for that laugh to let everybody know who's already going to go see this. Yes, we're doing Joker. Like you're like, oh, cool. And then, you know, there's the inevitable wait for the trailer where you get to see him. Like. That I understand, like you're intelligently leading your audience into the theater. But most trailers and teaser trailers that I see these days aren't doing that, unless I'm just too picky, which is probably true. Um, this, you know, you're not going to watch it unless you see it in the theaters. But I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a, and it was a good trailer. It was sure. a good trailer, and it sure. definitely had a different tone. Which we talk about franchises versus franchise. Um, and how certain franchises have a more serious tone. <laughs> I, I like it. I Where think. are you going with this? No, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. DC versus Marvel. <laughs> no. We don't have enough time for that. We don't I, have I, I, that. I've only seen musical trailers recently, so I can't really talk. In the <laughs> Heights, June 11th. You know, actually, a musical... Dear Evan Hansen is in September. Wait, what? Yeah. Side Story is in really? December. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited so, for Side Story. Yeah, I was... Ironically enough, trying to show my mom the trailer for West Side Story because she was also excited. And I was trying to show her the trailer. And so you get your advertisement that happens beforehand. That's usually about five seconds long. This was a three and a half minute long trailer for Dear Evan Hansen. It's Ben Platt. Although he oh, looks, is he playing it? Oh, he, he looks like yeah. 40, though. They style he him so really bad. does. Oh. He, you can see, like, the bald spot in the back of his head. Oh, no. Like, for whatever reason, like, he had that good crop for, like, stage, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. But they they let got, him like, grow his hair out for this, and I'm like, what the heck? He's got, like, the curly Q fro thing going on. He shouldn't do that. And like, he does, so... he looks, you know, we're, like, the same age. He looks our age. He does not look 17. Yeah. Oh. But the whole entire trailer is literally, you will... You will be found. Yeah. Like, that's the trailer song. And then, you ready to cry? Yeah. No. All the stuff over top of it, and you're like, hello? This yeah. looks good. Rewatching musicals but... is so fascinating. God, how many Are times you, do I it, watch Newsies? How it, many times? Is anyone else going to rewatch West Side Story before going to go see West Side Story? No, I don't because think honestly, so because I, I don't want to be comparing it. Yeah, like, I probably will yeah, be anyways, okay. but I don't want the fresh. I don't want the fresh. You memory watch of the it after. And I, also, I might watch it after. But. I know that this is a crime to say, but I remember first watching West Side Story because my mom was like, "Oh, you have to see this. I've never seen anything like this before in my life." Da, da, da. And I was, you know, <laughs> eighteen, nineteen, and hadn't seen Rent yet. Um, so I was like, not oh, at God. all aware of musicals. I mean, didn't she watch the Michael Jackson "Beat It" video? 
So we watch. <laughs> oh no. Yes, but anyway, so we watch West Side Story, and I'm like sitting here going, and and I still feel that way about that movie. The musical, I'm like, I want to see the staged because I haven't yet. Oh it's and, so also, good. Like, staged. The music is stunning. The, I mean, everything about it is great. But that movie is like, it's so nascent and uh, and. Boring and sorry, I'm really. Everyone's gonna hate me now. Um, no, no, you're in fine. comparison, you especially to the Rick movie, Anthony which... directly. <laughs> One, four, three, East Mommy Street. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't the Rent movie have most of the original cast? The Rent anyways? movie is fantastic, even though the musical itself is mundane. Mm. I liked the movie. One, four, three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Do you just I not know. like dance musicals? Is that? No, I love. No, I. Oh, are you kidding me? A chorus line is like, ugh. It's I love so chorus good. line. A chorus line. The movie is like. More. You should more, legally more, change more, your more. middle name to Hot Take. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I I, I don't know. Enjoy I enjoy not to I enjoy on my what water. I enjoy no, very, that's very harshly um, because <laughs> I find literally a West Side Story lyric is my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handle. So like, I take it very seriously. No, no, I love I, I love West Side Story. Apart from that movie. So we'll see how this movie turns out. And I know it. that's hard for people. I'm expecting a lot because it's Steven Spielberg, but I'm also like, don't Steven Spielberg us. Like, don't do that thing that a lot of particularly white male um, directors do when they've had a lot of clout and a lot of success for a long time and everyone else is having success right now doing things that they're not interested in. And they give quotes like, superheroes are bringing the doom of cinema. Like, walk out of the room, please. <laughs> However, it's Steven Spielberg. He's never let me down before. Literally, I've seen the stuff that people hate from him. And I'm like, Munich is a masterpiece. I know you hate it, but it's gorgeous. The man has not done me wrong yet. So I'm not ready for him to do me wrong on a musical that should not be difficult Yeah, if he does me wrong on West Side Story, I'm going yeah, like, to be crying in the theater and not yeah. for the reason I expect to be crying. Right, like you, <laughs> cast, like you cast Ansel Elgort as Tony. Like... Please, do well. <laughs> you brought Rita Moreno back. Don't let Rita Moreno down. Right, yeah. Like, don't, like, yeah. Like, like, yes, I agree. Like, just give us... Anyway. Just, just really make me quickly, cry about it. Could people reread for summer reading program? Do you think it'd be fair to reread oh, all their favorite you, books? Yeah. Oh, you, I, know, yeah, you don't have to read yeah. new books yeah, I mean, it's built, reading. You just have to read yeah, a right, book. Right. Yeah, it's built into <laughs> our thousand books before kindergarten thing where you can literally read the same book like again, a thousand I just times. want somebody to read something more substantial than a magazine. And even it depends on the magazine because if you're reading the like Yorker? The New Yorker, I'll still count it. <sighs> if you're yeah. reading like 17, I'm sorry, I love it, but that's not what I'm going for. Well, but then there's that one of them. Is it Teen Vogue? Teen Vogue is pretty like, like the content is pretty true. Healthy. Yes, yeah. I'll take it down. So. If you're rereading like Us Weekly, that's what I'm trying to avoid for summer reading. But that, that was a very much shoehorned way and like a shoehorned uh, oh, yes. summer reading promo for summer oh, reading nice. uh, but challenges yes, coming up. Rereading counts for summer reading. Yes. Yes, if adult, teen, children, you can read. I mean, you can read whatever you want. We're a little judgy, whatever you want. But if you want to read a graphic novel, you want to listen, you want to read a comic, you want to read the newspaper. Yes. I think I don't technically allow newspapers in the adult summer reading challenge. You're reading a book. Okay, a child. Could a child get a crazy, you know, a younger child? Okay, yes. In the YSD, yes. In the YSD, reading, period. I mean, the cereal box is not reading. Um, like that's yeah. I really but once like, you get a little older, I'm trying to make you read a book. I right, don't care right. if it's a 50-page <laughs> book, but it's a book. I love how the other day I was watching this. This is 
related. I was thinking about Heart of Darkness when you said that because it's, oh, no. it's a tiny book that oh, no, no. One, no one should read. No. But Jonathan, God, that's one of my favorite. Okay, first of all, okay. So John, but no, Jonathan <laughs> Franzen. I was, watching a, I was watching an interview with Jonathan Franzen the other day why? just to figure out like, because I'm trying to figure out why I don't like him. Um, so I'm watching this interview and he's like, yeah, you know, because he's talking about The Corrections, which was his first novel where he tried to like write something entertaining <clears throat> as opposed to something that was trying to do things. And he's like, I don't know. I just like, I'm just. There are books like that, like that aren't in the central mainstream. Like I don't know, like that I love to read, like Kafka and Conrad. And I was like, the literal tent poles of literary canon in English. And you're like, oh yeah, they're just knockoff authors that nobody cares about. Heart of Darkness and Metamorphosis. Bye. Get out of the room. Like no, this is why no one takes you seriously. Well, Friends one of them in. should be read. The other one. Should be read with trepidation and shame. I mean, Toni Morrison and Joyce Smith. Hard we, yeah, so, actually, we do need because yeah, I. We, yeah, we gotta read this. I, I have to go to the desk. So right, we have yes. a good. So we have I a smack. have two. So two. Oh, wait, no, don't use that one in there. Don't use this one because people haven't watched it yet. True. Okay. True. Okay. 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 What? I won't use that one. He not Andy yet. threw out an idea and uh, oh, um, okay. right. we're not going to use that one. So we have one. Never mind. So uh, I have picked out the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I picked oh, this out specifically so for Jen. Mean. You kiss Joe, you marry Nick, you kill Kevin. Yes! Problem solved. I have no cats in this fight. Honestly, I would reverse the kiss Mary only because I love who Nick is married to and their, their wedding ceremony. I love that. Like, So Nick would be an amazing knight. Can I not also be married to her? That's fine. Okay, fair. I couldn't. Um, not even for the glory that is Nick. So I would choose Joe. I know Joe's probably married too, but to I don't Sophie know. To Sophie Turner. He's married to Sophie Turner. Yeah, I don't like they her. They have a baby. I don't like her. <coughs> Bye, girl. I'm ruining your marriage and taking your man. I don't like you. Um, oh, no. For many reasons. First of all, okay, I realized that you didn't have any say in how Sansa Stark was. And actually, Sansa Stark, like, glowed up. So I'm cool with you on Sansa Stark. You're a terrible actress, but fine. But then you <laughs> dared to sign the contract. You knew you weren't that good, boo, but you signed on the line anyway to ruin Jean Grey. Bye. Never act again. We don't need you. Sophie Turner, if you're listening to us, the address is 143. Absolutely. Send your husband as an envoy. We'll be good. Not all of us agree with Anthony, Sophie Turner. Not all of us agree with Anthony. Um, It's probably true. I still think she's a terrible actress, but that's just she was. She had as much personality as a wet noodle. Yeah, and, and then Jean she Grey. signed on the dotted line to play Jean Grey. Girl, no. No. I've actually never seen her you acting. Followed, I just think she's cool. You I feel like this is the same argument against Kristen Stewart at that point. Kristen Stewart would have been a better Jean Grey. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs> Are we excited to see Kristen Stewart as Princess Di, by the way? Because I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm interested. Look up the photos of her, because I was like, that's actual Princess Di. Yeah. She's alive. That's true, but... The Crown Princess Di is so good, I but I'm her. like, I don't know if anyone could actually beat her. She's going to be in a movie with Harry Styles. I know. Ooh. Yes, I know. It looks so interesting. Yes, I love Harry. So anyway, yeah. So. No, the other smack idea, like, we, we can't talk about it yet, because, like, I want everyone to have fully taken in. This it's is true. a good place. Good place oriented. Okay. Yes. All right. That's fair. All right. Are we done? Are we good? Sure. You have to go on desk. Yeah. I know. I just like reading these. They're fun. Okay. I, I do actually shake them up and Anybody, read them. Okay, Grant has something to add. Yeah, but Grant. before we leave, having never uh, uh, actually been able to tell apart the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Ke- Kevin Jonas looks like a 1970s serial killer. Just like <laughs> You're not wrong. He also looks like Miles Teller 
Ooh, gone bad. Yeah, he kind of does. Doesn't he? Like, he does. Yeah. yeah. With worse hair. Yeah, right. Exactly. Ooh. You're like, how could you be worse than Miles Teller? And then Kevin. Is Jones this now the roast of Kevin no. Jonas? Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. I feel like Joe and Nick are really going to show up, not because we insulted Joe's wife, but because we insulted <laughs> really Kevin. insulted Kevin. Stan, the real Jonas brother, which is their younger brother. Ricky. <laughs> We need to, I feel like there needs to be a, a roast episode. Like, bring your least favorite authors to the table and we'll roast them. Oh, I love that idea. Oh my goodness. That's, that could be fun. That could be fun. That could be. And we're going to tag each author. We, okay, we are not doing that. We are not. I don't know if I have. Adrian District Library gets blocked from these authors. Does, does this mean that Mine's uh, dead, Andy's so. going to roast John Green over there Mine's in the dead, corner? So. Oh, wait. Oh, Dickens. Dickens. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. I'm going to be Joan oh, no. Kim. I think my least favorite would probably be James Patterson, even though I have enjoyed books. Oh, what? You don't like the 600 books he puts out a year? Wait, it's not that. if you try to roast John Green, I will, in fact, have to fight you, and one of us will not have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have you, an idea. We can invite Jen down and have her talk about Daniel Steele. <laughs> Can we can, so can we bring director Jen down here and she can like wear a judge's outfit? She yes. can a little gavel every now and then we get a little yeah. out of control. Judge Jen. We'll, we'll Do you know what would be a really fun idea if we did a uh, uh, semi-bookish episode live? Like we record it, but I, upstairs. Oh, I hate when we live podcast episodes. I'm getting more and more curious about this. Like I even thought we could even put like a little camera up here and go Facebook Live. Oh gosh. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it might be fun because we occasionally have some good face things happening that like nobody can tell what's going on. Yeah, that would be good.